flimsy stand slowing you down? Well, it's time to upgrade. Armadillo builds durable North American-made tablet stands and kiosks. We're so confident, we offer a lifetime warranty. So, elevate your business and visit armadillo.com. That's A-R-M-O-D-I-L-O.com and use code ACAST for 5% off. Armadillo, built to last, designed to impress. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is, this is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, the Subutio World Cup is coming home to Tunbridge Wells so. in Kent, and we discovered that speaking to uh, one of the organisers of the event that's taking place next year. We did a bit of a deep dive into Subutio. You gave us a few stories from playing the game over the years. Um, we also uh, chatted to... Um, uh, yeah, the QI Elf came yeah. in, didn't he, this afternoon? James, James Harkin. Harkin. Uh, new book, Everything to Play For. That was very interesting. Yeah, it's fun. QI book of sports uh, stories. And Mastermind. A, Mastermind, yeah, that was very exciting. We had a Paddy's Challenge, mm. we as well. Yes, uh, we did, yeah. So we'll bring you all of that. Paul, and you were lucky enough to be at Wembley last night. I got a late call and I, I went to the game. It's just, I mean, there is something about Wembley, though, the extreme ag of, even mm. though, you know, we're based in London, it's not a massive journey for us. I feel for all these people who come from all around the country to attend England games. And they can probably get down into London quicker they can, can, they can get from yeah. the part of London they're into Wembley Stadium. Getting booted off of trains there, booted off of trains back. It was a pretty hellish old journey back. Yeah. But the game itself. It's, I find it was usually okay to get there, but not to get back. I agree with you. Uh, I don't know if you noticed it live, but I think there's something wrong with the pitch at the at Wembley. I don't mm. think the ball runs well. It's a sort of bobbly. It's not like the Emirates. It's not slick. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like the baseball ground in 1971. Well, they've not been playing. They've not been playing NFL just, on it for a while, have they? I mean, they've been playing at Tottenham run, mainly. Yeah, it doesn't run weeks. brilliantly. But I don't know whether it's got anything to do with that. But there you go. But it, it was. It was. Um. Yeah. It was, even going one nil down, you always kind of felt they'll, they'll get themselves back into this. Used to this. be bad that going one nil down to an yeah. Italian team. You think that was it at the end of the game? It's but interesting. This is different. That's the first time I've watched Harry Kane in the flesh since since he left Spurs. Mm. And it does feel different. It's, you know, you really? don't have that. We just don't, don't have that, that ownership. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. I say rather, uh, actually, being quite disloyal, I, I sent a, a little Spurs group we have all of us go. I said, is it wrong to me to think uh, how pleased I am that Destiny you Doggy's playing well? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was thinking, I was almost, when he came inside and had that shot, I was thinking, go on. But then I, I was pleased no, that Pickford save it. You do, you kind of look out for your own it's, players. It's very interesting you? listening to Henry Winter this. So I'm going to blow my own trumpet here. Are you? Yes, I am. Go on then. Because he said this is the best generation of England players ever. Yeah. And do you remember the too many foreign players in our league argument that I used to dismiss? Yeah. I want to say I've been so right. I used to say, yeah. no, this is better for English football because if an English player makes it in the Premier League, 
they've got to be of a higher level than yeah. they used to so be. You think, you think we're seeing that? I we're think seeing that's the what fact we're seeing. That I honestly believe that. I thought it, was it at a bit the time, a... and now I think it now. So, you know, people will be disagreeing with me, but I think So to be true. better than those foreign imports and get in the team, you've really got to shine, is what you're saying. That's it. No, look, I, I, I saw your logic then... I see mm. your logic now. Trevor Bailey. Yeah. I like it. to I also like to think there's someone going as mad at me, as mad as I did, on South African talk sport about losing to Holland. Oh yeah. There's probably the South African equivalent of Andy Jacobs. Lord knows what he sounds like. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna to go to um Holland later on and speak about it because that was a huge scout for them. Yeah. I mean, at one point we thought Afghanistan were going to beat New Zealand, but they've been dropped six catches, filled in ideal, like drains, really? and yeah. it looks like yeah. New Zealand are probably going to get a result. But anyway, uh, yeah, Holland beat South Africa. It's almost like Holland beating Holland, isn't it? No, really, no, it's incredible, really. Because so, South Africa have been playing really well. It's just the nature of it, I suppose. Yeah. And, uh, so they, we'll see if it's made a bit of a dent in the news cycle over there, the sporting news cycle later on. Also, I noticed that the ladies. Iron Man Triathlon, which is a bit of a strange thing, but the Iron Man Triathlon is the original triathlon. Yeah. It's the 112-mile bike ride. It's the marathon. I can't remember the swims miles. It's, yeah. It's really tricky. It was won by the British girl, British woman, rather, yeah. Lucy Charles Barkley. Yeah. So I was thinking, give us your other famous NBA player hybrids, like Burt LeBron James, <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> I don't know you're going to find Luthi, Lucy, Luthi? Luthi? <laughs> Deeper depth moment yeah. there for me. Lucy Charles Barkley. Yeah, well that's, that's very true. So if you could, if you... I mean, it's fairly pointless. I would say, <laughs> I would say, it seems unlikely. Hello yeah. there, it's uh, it's um, Tony Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> yeah, the plumber. It does seem unlikely, Andy, we're going to get many of those. We won't get a lot of those, no. But, yeah, she did it with a broken yeah. foot, didn't she? She it's won brilliant. it with a broken foot. Very impressive, yeah. And apparently, Mylene Class or Class Class? I, I think know. she's class. Well, I, I think she's sure, class. She's class. She's yeah, very much class written all over her. Yeah. Apparently, according to the papers, she dropped a wedding hint to her fiancé, Simon Motson. Mm. I was thinking, if they get married, is he going to wear sheepskin? I'd like I like to think so. <laughs> That's the fourth hint you've dropped this year. <laughs> Good old Motty. Still old missing. Motty. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what we got for you this afternoon? We've got Terry Gibson joining us first. We're going to talk mm. about the impact Jude Bellingham has, has made at Madrid. Well, they, I wonder what they made of it over in Spain. I mean, they're just, they're just in love with a guy. And, and it's, not it's a real just, instant impact. If he stays fit throughout the tournament, I think we'll win it. I do. He's such a delight to watch. He's so brilliant. I thought Cut to us a metatarsal no, three yeah, weeks well, before, that's all, that's all having to touch it on the cover of the tabloids. <laughs> no, you know. the problem. Touch I mean, Jude's you've got metatarsal. lots of other great players, but he... Yeah. It's special, there's no question. No, about no, it. it was great. Again, it, I think you just get a different. A few people mm. saying last night, I'm looking forward to seeing Bellingham in the flesh. So, uh, yeah, always it, different. You get a much better idea of this, but yeah, it, it looks different. Just everything yeah. about him, and the, the, the other thing about him as well is that he has this talent, but he's, he's a very disciplined, disciplined player as well. Mm. He also, something he's been doing with the Madrid crowd, and we'll talk to Garrett. Uh, I'm doing it now. Terry Gibson, about Gary Tibson, he was nearly called then. <laughs> Terry, Terry Gibson Terry about Tibson. this. Terry, <laughs> talk to me. Terry Tibson. Um, <laughs> is that he works the crowd. He was doing that with the England crowd last night, you know, trying to get mm. the crowd going, getting them up. And he does that a lot with the Madrid fans and it plays well. The sort of thing that plays well when it's going well. Yeah. Maybe not so much when it isn't. But we're going to be chatting to Terry about that. Uh, yes, um, I didn't know that t uh, Tunbridge Wells in Kent is the uh, home of Sabutio. And the World Cup is coming home. We'll find Great out news. why. Mm. It's next year. We've got a Euros in 28 uh, in uh, the UK, and we've uh, now got the uh, Sabutio World Cup, which is a big old do. Mm. People travel from all around the world. 
and we'll be finding out more about that. Um, yes, a team last night scored their first goal in two years in a in a in a meaningful game. Paul Watson from the Sweeper podcast will join us, and we'll be uh, bringing you news of um, football on the Isles of Scilly. Well, there are only two teams. <laughs> they always just play each other. They constantly they? play each other. They had the Charity Shield, oh, yeah. um, I think, earlier this week, and um, uh, yeah, it, it, who was in it? Well, well, <laughs> well, you, well, it was Warpack Wanderers. Um, versus the I think it's is it the Isles of Selly? I think that's what they're called. Oh, maybe okay. I'm not quite sure. I'll have to I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the expert will tell us later. Anton Ferdinand's popping in. He's involved in stand up to cancer. He will be uh, tightrope walking. What did you, by the way? What did you do during the VAR wait for the penalty? Did you go out and have a drink? Go and have a meal somewhere? Yeah. It was interminable. It was, wasn't it? I mean, the thing was, we <laughs> we're obviously not seeing it back no. and looking at it in real time. It looked a pen, but you were never quite sure. You didn't yeah. know how much of the ball the defender got. But it did seem to take them a really long time long for something time. that, when you actually saw it, I it on the camera. It was a pen. Yeah, 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 absolutely was. Yeah, it was a ridiculously well. Well, you just kind of, what can you do? You probably could have gone off and got a drink. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Because it is mm. coming home next yeah. year. The Sabutio World Cup uh, returns to its spiritual home of Tunbridge Wells in Kent. Uh, here to tell us why, tell us how the format works, uh, and lots more besides is the media director of the Sabutio World Cup from the English Sabutio Association, it's Stuart Grant. Good afternoon, Stuart. How you doing, guys? Thanks for having me, chaps. No, it's interesting. It was Charlie Wyatt who alerted us today, and, and today's son, he said we got the Euros in 2028 in the UK, and we've also got the Sabutio World Cup next year, so we were intrigued. So what is it about Tunbridge Wells? Why is it coming home? Because that is Sabutio. That's Sabutio's home. That's where it come from. 1947, Peter Adolf had an idea, put it out there, and the rest is history. We all went and bought sets all over the years, and we want to bring the world of Sabutio, everyone from every country, all 30-odd countries that play this game, back to where Sabutio come from. And the response worldwide has been absolutely amazing. People are so excited. When we announced it last year, people were so excited to hear that oh my God, I'm going to be playing Sabutio in Tunbridge Wells, to the oh. point where there's even a hotel in Tunbridge Wells that used to be a Sabutio factory. Already, we're hearing that they're getting bookings for next year. Wow. People want to stay <laughs> in a Sabutio factory. Does, does the hotel market, do they have mm. giant Sabutio figures in reception? They have one behind reception. <laughs> one no. to carry, can one to carry your cases upstairs? They should, right? You should get your lunch served here by a player being flicked in on it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, be a great idea. That would be fun. Yeah, so, no, so, so this this link to Tunbridge Wells is kind of known amongst around the world by sort of Sabutio aficionados, is it? Yeah. So if you're if you're in the community, mm. if you're from that part of the world, you know that's where Sabutio come from. Tunbridge Wells themselves are so proud of it. They've got plaques up here and there saying this is a Sabutio factory. This is the house where it was created. And amongst our community, if you say Langton Green, which is around Tunbridge Wells, everyone would know. Oh, Langton Green. That's Sabutio. That's the home of it. So if you play this game. Whether you've got into it in the last six months, been playing it all your life, everyone knows Tunbridge Wells is the place to play Sabutio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned 30 teams. Is there a Sabutio Infantino who wants to expand it to 48? Yeah. <laughs> <It's only> des- <laughs> we'll desperate it. to ruin <laughs> the game. <laughs> so this is the, the first. Go on. Yeah. Sorry. Well, if, if there was an oligarch to come in and wanted to put all these extra teams and extra leagues worldwide in, we would take it all day long. Yeah. <laughs> so did you have to bid for it uh, in the same way? Were there other countries interested? 
Yeah, exactly the same. We had to bid for it. Exactly the same process as you would for the normal World Cup, mm. football Euros, the Olympics. We had to bid for it. We put our bid in and we won it. I feel, Don't quote me on it. I think the other nations might have pulled out when we went in and we was the only front runner left. Right. Either way, we won. There was a couple of nations. I can't remember quite who they were. I think it was Greece and Brazil mm. I read from, because uh, you said that uh, this is on Tunbridge Wells' mm. website. They're very proud of the fact they... They got in they front. Are. Apparently, once once everybody knew it was going to be Tunbridge Wells, the home of the game, they all kind of backed off and said, no, I think that's, that's where it should be. That's it. They knew it was the right place to be. And they, mm. they, they probably wanted to come here themselves. They probably looked at him and was like, oh, this is mm. us. We're going, we're going to Tunbridge Wells. We're going home. <laughs> yeah. It's still being manufactured, isn't it? Is that, am I right in saying that? It is, yeah. So, Sabutio themselves, are still, Hasbro is still putting out sets. Last year, they put out a Lionesses set, the first female set as well, which is fantastic because more and more women are coming into the game. But you can still buy teams all around Europe. It, it's it's got its niche market, but Sabutio, the brand, is still there and they're still celebrating it massively. They had a massive celebration last year for the 75th anniversary of it, which is great. And what's the demographics of the people who are going to be coming over and playing in the World Cup? Because it is an analogue game in a digital age and you would it think is. most young players would lean towards sort of FIFA and stuff. But um, So what is the age group? No, they do. Every, there is, there's age categories all the way through. So you've, you've got an adults category, you've got a veterans category, but then you've got right down to under 12s, under 16s, under 20s as well, plus a women's category at the same time. Everyone plays this game. I mean, there's, there's some unbelievable kids that play in this country. They range from the ages of 12 up to 16, and they will beat most average player because they are just that good. Mm. And do techniques vary, or does everybody play in the same sort of style? No, well, there's, there's players like me who aren't very good, who play very slowly. But then the, the, the top, top players, they play very quick, very fast. They're looking four moves ahead and they'll break you down in seconds. The game's moved on massively since we played it on our knees on a carpet. And what's the format then, Stuart? So uh, how many in a team, how many will play at once in one game representing their country? Um, how long do the, do the games go on for, et cetera? So your average game, your average game is half an hour, two half to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. The format, you have your group stages first. It then goes down into a knockout stage. You will in the on you have an individual on one day, so everyone competes for their nation, but individually as well. So you have the under twenties, the under twelves, the veterans, the open category. But then on the Sunday, which is generally the second day, you then have the team event, which is absolutely huge. Where Italy just pulled off the win in the Euros, so everyone's going to be going for them in the World Cup, mm. and that works exactly the same. You have group stages. It then goes into the knockouts. And it seems weird playing Team Sabutio. It's like, does everyone gather around the table at the same time? What we do, you have four different people, or eight different people, playing against each other on four different tables. And then if you win a game 2-1, that counts as one point. So you might win two games 2-0 and lose the other ones 3-1. That would count as 2 all overall. Okay. Not an aggregate score, yeah. Okay. Um, it's next. <laughs> you do it, is the math right? Yeah. <laughs> next September, it's going to be over four next days. September. Um, That's it, the 20th to the 22nd. And can people come along and watch it? Are t- when are tickets going on sale? Tickets go on sale soon. We're working on that at the moment, but they should be on sale very soon. But anyone can come along. And it's we're not just hosting this one tournament as well. Because it's in Tunbridge Wells, we're having a big weekend at Sabutio. Tunbridge Wells Borough Council are heavily invested in it as well. They're really looking forward to it. We're going to have fringe events where people play old traditional rules. There's a big collector's fair. The Tunbridge Wells are going to run walking tours. So anyone can come down. Everyone's welcome to watch. It's a fantastic family day out. And you know what? I mean, what, what I've seen over the last year or so, we do these events. I've done stuff at the National Football Museum and we did an open event in Tunbridge Wells last year as well. 
people come in with their kids, the connection people make with Sabutio, mm. I used to play that, and then their kids start looking at it, they want to play it as well. The connection it makes with families is absolutely fantastic. It's amazing that it does, because when you look at the quality of the graphics that you get in many of the games now, you think the kids would not want to go back to something where the fact that they are on the floor. I suppose it's something you can yeah. do with a parent, which is which is a kind of bonding thing, but it is essentially, you know, flicking players, etc., up and down a, well, a, a base, isn't it? There's so much more you can do with Sabutio. It's not just a case of get the figures, flick and play them. You can paint your own teams. Yeah. You can you can dis, you can go and play against different people in real life. Although we play we play online when we play FIFA and Pro Evo and all that, we we don't actually see the people we're playing with, so we don't get that chemistry and that real reaction. When you play this, people can meet up with new people, join clubs. Honestly, it's it's so open to the world. It's brilliant. Can you remember your first set, Andy? What it would have been in the sixties, wouldn't it? The players were two D. So they were like yeah. a cardboard, like they, they were really? like plastic, and they were just. That's flat it. players, flat. yeah. Before flat they players. became three so, yeah. diamonds. Mm. So, they, is there a market for these old sets, then, Stuart? These oh, vintage, massively, yeah. yeah. Don't the collectors' market is mm. absolutely huge. Some of it goes for big, 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 big money. Yeah. I mean, them players you're talking about, the celluloid players. I actually played a gentleman last night at our club in South Ends, and I used a figure from I think I was using eighties Luton. He used an old flat celluloid team and absolutely walked over the park with me. And he was playing with a team from the fifties. It's like where it's like Hickory Shaft clubs going into the open, isn't it? It's like, that's exactly it. But it works using the flat players. And he was, um, yeah, okay. Well, I think we'll get the listeners going on that. So if you are a parent who've, who've managed to get your kids into the game, maybe you got some pushback. Maybe they took to it straight away. We'd love to love to hear how that all came about and whether they have embraced it. And everybody's got their. Sabutio stories I've mentioned before years yeah. ago we had, had I had a very good Holland team when I was a kid and um, I knelt you know occupational hazard <laughs> yeah, yeah. knelt on one of the players yeah, and all that was left was the base very short <laughs> legs it looked like he'd spontaneously combusted in front of the fire just <laughs> legs a little short pair of legs and the base. Yeah, we've so, all done it. So I called him Van der Bass, and he became Brilliant. became my best player. It was <laughs> total football with him. So we, we'll, we'll take some of your Sabutio war stories, listeners, this afternoon. So uh, good to talk to you, Stuart. We'll, we'll keep in yeah, touch. It's um, be fun, I think. Keep yeah, us brilliant. updated as we get closer to the event. We will do. If anyone wants to know about it, if they just search Fistif World Cup, that's F I S T F World Cup on the internet, all our socials will come up. And the English Sabutio Association website's got it all in there as well. So yeah. loads of information for people. And so, and, it, it's, and it's not time to qualify. I take it the England team are sorted, are they, at the moment? No, 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 no. no it's still time to qualify. So oh, part, really? of qualification yeah. pro, part of the qualification process is our English Championships, oh, wow. which starts in a month or so. So if people do want to play and they fancy their hand at it, go on our website, EnglishSabutioAssociation.com. All the information's on there. We go all around the country playing it. So there's loads of opportunities for people to play as well. Brilliant. Cheers, Stuart. All the best. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. There we are. Stuart Grant there, the media director of the Sabutio World Cup at the uh, English Sabutio Association, FISTF, the Federation International Sports Table Football. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. The QILs have popped into the studio on a few occasions when they've had different books out, but uh, we had to get them in this time because... There's a sports book. We've touched on sort of sporting aspects of some of the other books, but this is this is all sport, everything to play for. And 
QI head elf James Harkin has joined us in the studio. Hi, James. Hi, very thanks for having me. Nice, no, it's, it's a great <laughs> pleasure. Thanks for coming in again. <laughs> you're obviously a sports fan because your eyes are immediately glued to the cricket, and you watched it yesterday and everything. So I am. I'm in my element here because you've got all sorts of screens up with everything on. This is what my front room would be like if I wasn't coming in here. I'd have all. <laughs> I'd have my laptop on and my phone on and my TV on, just watching everything. Yeah. This must take some putting together, I would imagine, collating all this stuff. How long did it take you all? Well, I would say the research took probably about 18 months yeah. uh, and then the writing not quite so long. Although Anna and I, so I wrote it with Anna Tashinsky, one of my colleagues and, mm. and friends, and uh, we both had babies in the meantime. So we've not had our eye on the ball, so to speak, all the time. But yeah, it took us a couple of years to put that together. So it, it's the kind of, if people know that they love the TV show and the other books, then they'll they'll kind of know the format. You know, you're looking for the weird and wonderful. Is that true in this? Yeah, I think so, although it is slightly different to the other books that we've done. So mm. the last few times we've come in, we've come in with fact books. Yeah. So it's like 1,000 facts, 2,000 facts. Um, but once we started researching sport, we realised that actually facts don't really do it justice. Mm. It's all stories, you know. Anecdotes, it's yeah. Anecdotes, yeah, yeah. It's drama, it's human stories, it's all that kind of stuff stuff so once we started putting this together we realized it actually had to be quite a lot more written than our other books yeah so anyone who's seen the other ones this is it's much more of a solid book than the, the other qi books you've looked at kind of the, mm. almost like the very early sports wrestling with the pharaohs is one of the, the chapters <laughs> while the origins of sport are so hard to pin down i mean yeah trying to find out where where when did sports start it's a difficult question yeah, to really answer isn't it's it? a great question we kind mm. of found that we think it's kind of inherent in humankind for people to play and and to do sports but we looked at what people said at the earliest and they seem to think it's like wrestling and running that right. kind of makes sense yeah. right uh, but one interesting thing we found when we looked into wrestling is the earliest examples we have from ancient Egypt, they don't seem to be like your Olympic wrestling. They're almost more like WWE wrestling. So it seems like most of the bouts may have been fixed. So there was often an Egyptian versus someone from another country that wasn't Egypt. And it seems like the Egyptian always won. Right. Maybe they were just brilliant wrestlers, but we think maybe they might have been fixed because the pharaoh would often be watching and the pharaoh wouldn't want to see his fellow Egyptians losing against anyone. And the other thing we found is that there's kind of an ancient Egyptian style of smack talk. So wow. we found like quotes of people saying, you know, I will beat you in front of your own pharaoh, that kind of thing. So oh, it wow. seemed so, like, you know, it's much more closer to your Hulk Hogan's than your... It was run by a guy called forget. Vincenzo McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> who could forget Rowdy Roddy Ramesy? Yeah, <laughs> all the great names. I just, it's interesting at what point, I mean, obviously wrestling ultimately would have been people grappling to the death. So, you know, so at what point did they say, well, this is, if we don't finish each other off, we'll try and kill each no, other. Let's just point. pretend to. This, this is where it becomes sport. <laughs> Who was the first person to say, really, I should have killed him at that point? But I thought, <laughs> let's not do that, because then this is sport and we can do it again. It's really interesting because <laughs> if you look at, our evidence which is basically just drawings on you know pyramids or whatever mm. it, or, it's it's not always certain that they're wrestling you know they might be dancing for yeah. all we know but it does at least appear to have some of the moves are quite similar to the moves that you get today in, in proper wrestling yeah um, but yeah you're right there was even as far as the vikings they would do they had two different types of wrestling uh, one of which was just to kind of keep warm at the end of a long day's vikinging yeah. uh, whatever they did <laughs> Um, but then the other version they did in a field with a, a stone in the middle of it. And the idea was that you slammed your opponent onto the stone so much that he didn't get up. So, 
Yeah, there was, we don't know exactly when they stopped trying to kill each other and started doing it for fun, but it must have been quite early. The book jacket's got a lovely teaser on it. It says, even if you've never asked yourself what David Attenborough has to do with yellow tennis balls, I mean, what has he got to do with yellow tennis balls? <laughs> we should keep our powder dry on yeah, that yeah, one. It's a very interesting yeah, fact, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. That um, What we found is that Attenborough was in charge of BBC Two when they were turning to colour television, <sighs> and right. he was looking for something to show on his new TV. Now, he liked the idea of tennis because it's quite easy to film with just two or three cameras. You know, they move around, but they move around within a very mm. confined space. Yeah. Uh, so they started filming it. They thought this is great, but they realized they couldn't really see the white balls very well on the screen. And especially when they landed near the white lines, you couldn't really tell what it was at all. Mm. And so Attenborough commissioned a load mm. of people to do some experiments. They tried loads of different colors and they ended up with what we have today, which is the optic yellow tennis ball. The, the chapters have titles like Exploding Billiard Balls and Formula One Toothpaste, The Duke of Suffolk's Misshapen Knob. <laughs> For now, for now. Yes, exactly. Uh, the archery wouldn't let go. Eric the eel, Eddie the eagle, and Paul are the crawler. So, <laughs> it, uh, what came first? Was it like, you know, you had a, a, a kind of critical mass of stories that seemed to fit the chapter, or did you have these chapter heads and then weren't looking for the stories afterwards? No, it was yeah. the other way around for yeah. sure. So we we went doing our research like we do on QI mm. and just tried to find the most interesting things. Yeah, and then we got them together, thought where the themes are. So there's um, there's bits about cheating, there's bits about equipment, there's bits about all that kind of stuff. And then in the end, we tried to think of the the most attractive sounding titles. The the um, Duke of Suffolk's um, knob that we're talking about it mm. comes from the early days of crown green bowls yes uh, when they the bowls originally were quite spherical so they would just go in in a straight line mm. uh, and apparently so the story goes which we're not sure it's true but so the story goes his bowls broke he didn't know what to do so he went into his stately home to the bottom of his banister took off the knob from his banister it wasn't perfectly round so he could suddenly start swerving his balls around his opponents wow. and he realized wow. that maybe this was a better sport than ever wow fantastic yeah you one of the chapters you talk about the premier league of plowing and <laughs> i don't know if you're aware but they had the the british plowing championships recently and we were going to get them on, but I did say to Andy on Monday, the only question I was, what did you have for your lunch? <laughs> so it, it felt a bit facetious that they put so much in there and that's all I had for them. That's but, so interesting. Yeah. We once did on QI, this isn't about sport now, but uh, we once did about the ploughman's lunch because we think it was invented by the cheese marketing board in the 1970s. Wow. And that ploughman's men or women yeah. could possibly have eaten, you know, bread and cheese and whatever, but there was no such thing as a ploughman's lunch in the the days of the plough person. Which... So it's not it doesn't sound like, it's no like link because you immediately think it was like the pasty for the miner and there was a sound reason, but it's not yeah, that. It's... Uh, no, apparently it was a marketing tool. Oh, we've wow. been played for years. <laughs> you sit there with your pickled onion, your bit of cheese, and your Branston. You've been played by the cheese marketing board. <laughs> yeah, I feel this feels wrong. It does feel wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any excuse to eat more cheese. I yeah, of course. So, um, I mean, I imagine this will be it's perfect for the Christmas market, mm. I would think. This is one of those books that we've said that you maybe you buy your kids and then they can't get it off you all Christmas Day. <laughs> Give it back, Dad. It's my book. Yeah, we kind of hope that. And we, we know that there'll be some stories in here that especially people who listen to this show might know because, you know, if you're a real, real sports nut, You'll, there'll be stuff in there you don't know but there'll be one or two stories that you do but we hope that we found little nuggets by doing really in-depth research into newspaper archives and whatever to find even little factoids that you even the biggest spot nut wouldn't know
Fantastic. Well, James, thanks for coming in. As no, always, give our me. best to Anna, and um, we wish you well with the book. Everything to play for the QI Book of Sports is published by Faber and is out now. Yeah, nice. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Um, we spoke earlier on to the uh, media director of the Subutio World Cup, which is coming home next year. Mm. And you've been telling us a few of your Subutio war stories uh, today. And not everybody had Subutio, even those that didn't have fond memories. I was never lucky enough to have my own Subutio set as a kid, so me and my mates improvised using Lego and a ping-pong ball. <laughs> We'd each pick a team colour, then build our goals, uh, he says. We even had handicaps. The good players would have bigger goals and smaller keepers. Flicking the hard square lumps of Lego did start to hurt after a while, yeah, though, says do. Ben interrupts yeah. on a kind of budget version <laughs> of... Um, of the game surely Lego is more expensive isn't it? I don't know who knows uh, my first set in the 1970s um, says Ben he says was the home nations uh, set uh, all was well until a French exchange student called Pierre stayed and chose to carve my players up with a pen knife he brought with him strange lad anyway the most damaged team was the uh, Northern <laughs> Ireland team um, somebody had a real go at I think Pierre had a go at George Best for some reason <laughs> Uh, they were yeah, rebranded. sound quite disturbed. I rebranded them in the thing, but one way, I don't want to know what happened to Pierre, to <laughs> no, be honest. I don't either, really. uh, they were rebranded as the Irish Infirmary 11. <laughs> Only nine survived, and I had to borrow Jerry Francis and Colin Bell from England when competing. Anglo French relations have never really recovered in my house, says Ben. <laughs> Thank you, Ben, for that. It's very good. So Brilliant. let's have your Subutio war stories of any hue. <clears> we don't <throat> mind. What you've got, as long as they're interesting, we'll, we'll take them all, your memories of playing the game over the years. And whether you've got your kids into it, we were told by Stuart Grant that there's a lot of kids playing the game, a lot of dads and lads coming along and playing tournaments. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's good. good to hear. Talksport.com forward slash H&J, text to 81089 or tweet to TSH and J. or give us a call, tell us your story, 03717 Andy. 
Yeah, it's a bit embarrassing because uh, Anton's arrived already. He's going to hear me do Mastermind. That's good. But never mind. Why well, don't, don't do? be embarrassed, Andy. <laughs> you do realise there's a whole radio audience out there that well, I know, <clears> you I... should be embarrassed about well, as well. that's very true. So, yes, basically, <clears> it's uh, <throat> it's the little spot in the week while Mastermind's on where I examine Clive's overly long and unnecessarily... Um, Long? Long? You have to say long again, aren't you? I do, yeah. Yeah, this is Clive Myrie, Manchester City uh, supporting host of Mastermind. Mm. And Andy is quite taken with the fact that he doesn't write this stuff. He turns up, gets a script. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Do you think, do you think Clive writes his own? I've got a feeling he does. Come on. Why I think he? he always adds the... Uh, Show has a production team, doesn't it? Why he, do you think he always he says... The person says what the subject is, and he always goes... Yes, he always says yes. Well, because he's a consummate pro, he makes it sound like he's just <laughs> making it up, but they're all written down. So yeah, they are. They can be quite long. The explanations mm. you'll get the idea. They're getting with shorter it. though. I'll give oh, okay. his credit. Okay, what were the special subjects? What happened this, this week? week? It was Billy Joel. Yes, the American singer-songwriter who's become one of the best-selling recording artists of all time. Mm. Not William Joel and Sons. Plumbing. Yeah, the well-known plumbers. There is Joel merchants. Williams in Stevenage. Oh, Joel Williams Plumbing Services. You've looked him up. Oh, yeah, but do, yeah. they only do um, 80s uh, plumbing. <laughs> so, That's right. For fans of Step Brothers. J.M.W. Turner. Oh, yeah. The romantic landscape and seascape painter known for his innovative treatment of natural light and the power of the elements. Yeah. Not J.M. Turner, Plumbing and Heating, Watford. Well, he could do. Um, I, I want to check how your water's flowing. I'm going to have to put a dye down there. So it's basically watercolours. Water. Working in watercolours, isn't he? He probably is. Turner. And uh, the BBC sitcom Miranda. Oh, yeah. Sitcom about the socially awkward joke shop owner played by Miranda Hart. And, but fortunately for me, not... Miranda Plumbing and Air Conditioning in Florida. Ah, yes. <laughs> You'd be, it's great. I just love the thing of you on your on quiet day at home going for all of these. It does take quite a long time. Now, um, <laughs> you try and come off the back as you try and come up with a new specialist subject every week. You've covered yeah. most of the football well, and cricket derivatives. Well, I've done and proved to be quite poor. Yeah. You, know, so. you did. Your best performance was possibly the twice. Pasta shapes. Pasta shapes. Look, yeah. they've had worse subjects on Mastermind, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest. And the TV, uh, hit TV, well, the TV series, uh, <laughs> Monk. Yeah. Wasn't it? That's right. You did last that week. last week. Not too bad. You did well last week, yeah. yeah. You didn't do too bad on British wrestling. Not too bad. Not too bad, actually. Oh, yeah. So, um, today, Andy, I said, what are you doing today? And you shocked me when you said... <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> what do you know about Winnie the, the Pooh? Well, I loved it as a child. Yeah. Did you really? Oh, yeah. I, grew but, I mean, your memory's it. not great. You can't remember what you did yesterday. How are you going to remember <laughs> stuff as a child? Know, well, that's more in, ingrained. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah. So tell us who Winnie the Pooh is. Well, he's basically the fictional honey-loving bear. Created by A.A. Milne. That's good. Thank in the, you. In the, not the plumber, then. Not the plumber. Well, that would be a good name for a plumber, wouldn't it? Winnie the plumber. Com completely backed up. I'll go and get, go and get Winnie the Pooh. I'll get me or I'll get me rods or me poo sticks, as I like to call them. Yeah. That works. That works, doesn't it? Let's have a game of poo sticks. Yeah. But you honestly... See you know about it. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. well, I know that much. Yeah. I hope that's not one of the questions. Well, it might be. Anyway. You know, so I don't anyway, know, but... Um, Let's get underway, shall okay. we? Uh, Andy Jacobs, uh, radio personality, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> says here... In the radio, no personality. Uh, questions on Winnie <laughs> the Pooh start now. Uh, in what year was the first collection of Winnie the Pooh stories published? 1926. Oh, I, I used to have been doing some homework. <laughs> you don't remember that from your childhood, do you? <laughs> I. O. Milne was the creator, but who illustrated the original stories? Oh, well, I, I know this. 
He ate Shepherd. He ate Shepherd. What a bowler he was as well. From the pavilion end. <laughs> Why was Shepherd. the character Christopher Robin uh, named that? Why was he named? Why was he called Christopher oh, because Robin? Because he was named after A.A. A. Milne's son. Well, you're on fire here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who played Christopher Robin in the 2018 film of the same name? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Uh, pass. Okay. Um, uh, where are the Winnie the Pooh stories set? Hundred Acre Wood. That's right. Can you name all of Winnie the Pooh's friends? I want all of them, mind. Okay. Come on, <laughs> then. Uh, Tigger. Yeah, he's in there. Kanga. Roo. Yeah. Piglet. Yeah. You've got one missing. Eeyore. That's it. That's You're it. done. Oh, all set. Uh, what is unique about Eeyore's tail? I think it's pinned on, isn't it? Is that right? It's detachable, but it has something else as well. Oh, I've got a fly swatter or something like that, isn't it? It's a pink bow. I'm afraid I can't oh, give no, you sorry. that. Sorry. Uh, what is Piglet? Swatter. I can't believe I'm doing this. You are listening <laughs> to Talk Sport, by the way. England have reached the European <laughs> Championship. You never believe it. What is Piglet's favourite food? Oh, that's oh, a good question. Yeah. What is Piglet's favourite food? Um, no. Oats. No, it's acorns. Oh, yeah, uh, what are the name of the elephant-like creatures that appear in Pooh and Piglet's dreams? Heffalump. Heffalumps, indeed. Oh, yeah. I um, remember my mother reading me that story, and honestly, I was laughing so much. Really? I loved it. Hoff, hoff, it's a heffalump. Does it still work for you? <laughs> well, not really. This is a little window into your childhood. Oh, it's it's it lovely. Is. It's a beautiful thing, this. Thank you very much. What is the name of the game Pooh invents? I'll start it, so I'll finish. Oh, which yeah, is yeah. what um, the plumber <laughs> says when he comes around Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> what is the name of the uh, game Pooh invents? After dropping a pine cone into the river from a bridge. Poosticks. That is Poosticks. Uh, well done, Andy. You scored eight. Uh, no, seven, sorry, because you passed on one. The one you passed on was who played Christopher Robin in the 2018 film with the same name? The answer was, listeners, yes, that's right, Ewan McGregor. Oh, was it? Well, very good. So you, you failed on two and you passed on one. So seven out of ten. That's it. That might be my subject that I choose. As a child of memory, that is, that is very impressive. So uh, you're going to have to come up with one equally as good next week or certainly till this series of Mastermind yeah, finishes. Running out of things I liked in my child. I played... This is David <laughs> in Tunbridge Wells, the home of Sabutio. He said, I played a full 42 fixture match season for all 22 teams on my own, on my bedroom floor. <laughs> That's a little window into your childhood yeah, as well, David. It's quite sad, really, it's quite isn't it? Solitary. <laughs> I pierred it and come round with his penknife. Uh, Mick, Mick Ferguson won the top score award, and Arsenal won the title by a couple of points. No great surprise there, and I'm an Arsenal fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you flick that Jerry bit harder. Oh, yeah, Spurs came bottom, they got relegated, didn't they, David? Gone off you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, uh, Manchester City have decided to release another behind-the-scenes documentary about their triple season. You think, apart from Bill Burrows and Kel Spellman, who's interested? Well, <laughs> what I'm not. Well, people love a bit of behind-the-scenes, don't they? Yeah, I suppose so. Same for Colleen's terrible milking it documentary. Have you got anything else? Um, well, I mean, that's quite a big story from my point of view. Although we were quite interested to read today that Wayne was so taken by the uh, the barristers that, that they would be chatting to, that he considered going off to law school. <laughs> Do you yeah, see right. that? That okay. would have been great. Oh, yeah, tremendous. Now, Wayne, as you're the, of the, <laughs> the witness, for, oh, no, like a, a defence counsel or a prosecution <laughs> counsel. Rooney of was, the Bailey. Yeah, <laughs> but Rooney of the Bailey. But, I can't uh, say that myself. He thought about it, but uh, yeah. he didn't. I imagine he got the... Uh, the job in the States, and that was the end of that. But there's always time, well, yeah, isn't there? I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, why not? And that interesting story in the Sunday about the sumo wrestlers in Japan who had to have an extra plane because they're all too heavy. So wow. they had to lay on an extra plane for them. Oh, no, it was in the start. I beg your pardon. Oh, yeah. okay. 
Yeah, an airline had to put on an extra flight to accommodate a group of jumbo-sized sumo wrestlers. Well, How long before that happens here for people going to Spain? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we are. Andy's State of the Nation take on everything that's going on. Um, we spoke earlier on about the... Um, the the Beauty of World Cup is coming home next year. When we say home... Mm. We mean uh, Tunbridge Wells. Yeah. And we asked for some of your um, Sabutio war stories and uh, just tales of playing the game back in the day. Um, I've got here, my dad tells me about the Sabutio board they had permanently erected in their lad's bachelor pad in Jersey in the 70s, says uh, Ian in Birmingham. Mm. Other lads would pop round for a couple of games early on a Friday night before venturing out. They had a whole league system with scores rigorously recorded and would even pour water on the pitch or rip up cotton wool to simulate <laughs> rain and snow. That's brilliant. People did go massively over the top yeah. uh, with these games. Uh, Jeremy in Cornwall said, I was a fanatic. My dad built me a stand all round the pitch out of cardboard. Really? I fired Sabutio five aside, Sabutio cricket. And even Sabutio rugby. I had Sabutio cricket mm. as well. Did you ever play no, that, I never, Andy? No, I've never played it. You kind of had a tiny little bat. Uh, yeah. And and the ball was quite small, obviously. Yeah. And you kind of well, it was it's a beauty. Yeah, I don't know exactly. <laughs> and you'd sort of flick the 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 bowler. Yeah. And it, there was a little kind of holder, and as you flicked it, he would bowl the ball. Not and like hit. Ian Botham's Test match. That's all. The different, idea. slightly different delivery system. But yeah, um, it, yeah I, the rugby I never I never got my head round. I never I ever played it. But um, anyway, you can keep some of those coming. I say it's an analog uh, game in a digital mm. world, but apparently. Kids still love it, we're told. Uh, Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHNJ. I've got three examples in the, from the papers of, of exactly the same story in a yeah. way. And this is uh, basically uh, Tom Kerridge fish and chip dish now, £37. Pounds. Yeah. And uh, apparently this is uh, Harrods. Okay, and, yeah. Uh, they now have to pay £37 for the classic dish. A lot of money. Customers have slammed the prices. One foodie fumed online. Who, what planet is he on? Who can afford this? Well... Obviously, yeah. you know, it's not compulsory, is it? You don't have to buy it. Yeah. Presumably people are buying it. Same with yesterday, exactly the same thing. Harris, £28 Wagyu steak sandwich. Same thing, don't buy it if you don't want it. It's too expensive. Yeah. Arsenal have been charging £7.55 for half a pizza. People have been criticising Well, don't buy it then. That's it. <laughs> Simply, none it's of your it's new section. Well, don't buy it then. None of it's compulsory. You don't have to buy it to get into the ground. You don't have to say, oh, you can't go to Arsenal unless you've got half a slice of pizza for yeah. £7.55. You know. Well, uh, that would be a, a weird rule, wouldn't it? I imagine the Premier League would step in. Um, that would be weird. But so next year when parents are raiding, £140 from our child's kit. Well, mm. don't buy it then, mate, if it's too expensive, yeah. yeah. The only thing about football shirts, and I'm not talking about the whole kit, but the football shirt for a kid is actually, it's a very useful garment. You can wear it and wear it and wash it and wear it and wash it, and it never wears out. So right. you know, from that point of view... Obviously, good grow value out of for it. money. Well, yeah, well, that's the other thing, isn't it? Yes. Really? I don't know about good value for money, but better than you'd imagine. And the, the kids aren't really into the vintage aspects of it. They don't like wearing a year old kit. I mean, whereas no. an adult won't care or they'll have a no. favourite and they'll that's work true. for a game. Yeah. It's no, tougher absolutely. with kids. Um, I, I've just been kid. aware of, um, in the States. Um, when you go and watch uh, American football, mm. they talk a lot about the tailgate parties. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it is a great tradition. But in the States, it, it, it kind of feels different. I've been to a couple mm. of games at Wembley. Mm. <clears throat> they, excuse me. 
<clears throat> they do big things in the car park, and it does actually feel like a sort of authentic experience. Mm. Unfortunately, White Hart Lane, <laughs> what happens is people just stand in Tottenham High Road with cans of drink they've bought from the off license. <laughs> yeah, so basically, it's just a, it's not tailgating. It's just a, it's just it's a lot. The food's not, as important as just, the drink. It's people tailgates. standing around yeah. a four pack of cans in to- outside Chicking in Tottenham <laughs> yeah, High Road. Fantastic. Looks a bit bleak. It is a bit bleak. It doesn't feel the, like a tailgate. About having the Super Bowl in London, aren't they? Should be amazing. Well, this comes up a lot, doesn't God, it? Well, I, mean, how many I times think there'd be a lot of pushback in America. Be, yeah. I'm sure. I think there definitely would be. be Starve gone early with their traditional scare story. Yep. Turkey shortage for Christmas. Oh, good. Yeah, we've had Ferrero Rocher, <laughs> sprouts. Uh, it's, it's started already. Yeah, chestnuts. Yep, that's right. It's all happening. I know. There'll be, there'll be enough turkeys, I think. There usually are. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time for Paddy's Challenge, our quiz for charity in association with our friends and official betting partner, Paddy Power. In Paddy's Challenge, we put our knowledge of weird and wonderful sports stories and facts to the test with a chance of raising lots of cash for our nominated charities. I'm playing for the Sporting Memories Network. Andy raising funds for the Willow Foundation. Uh, helping to manage proceedings as always ensure fair play is guest referee Ben Fletcher hello Flet. good afternoon both Paddy's challenge you'll each be asked three multiple choice questions posed by the voice of Paddy Power Alistair McGowan the mm. winner is the player that scores the most points and in the event of a tie you'll both win the chance to raise some cash for your charities last week Andy won a collector's yes, yes. item if I may say so predicted South Africa would beat the Aussies at the one day international <laughs> cricket on. world cup which they did mm. winning by 134 runs Andy you've added 40 £54 to the Willow Foundation's funds. Let's see if we can continue the winning ways in today's Paddy's Challenge. The virtual coin toss has taken place off air. I can confirm it is Andy who is going first on this occasion. So if our highly paid head of tech ops is ready, here's question one. Steve Clark Scotland have had a great run in their Euro 2024 qualifying campaign. How many of their six games have Scotland won? A. Five. B. Four. Or C. Six. Mm, I'm going to say five. Mm. Well done. Absolutely right. Sensational run beating both Norway and Spain in the process, but a bit of a humbling at home or away to the French last night with work to do ahead of next summer. Uh, So, yeah, correct, Andy. Uh, Paul, here's your first question. Norway's Euro 2024 qualifier lost to Spain last weekend was Scotland's gain, as the side have now automatically qualified for the finals next year. This is just the fourth time Scotland has reached a European Championship Finals. In which year did they first reach this stage? A. 1988 B. 1992 or C. 1980 They were definitely at 92. Um, 80, they were at 88 as well, weren't they? Seems to have that. No, they might not have been. I'm going to go 92. Yeah, yeah, well, it is indeed. I trying to talk myself out of it there. I, I remember him at 1982. The last no. time our former boss had a good idea worth writing home about. Okay. Uh, question <laughs> two, yeah. Andy Jacobs. Yeah. The FA Cup first round draw has thrown up some interesting encounters. Which former Premier League side will eighth tier Cray Valley Paper Mills be playing? A. Derby County. B. Charlton Athletic. Or C. Reading. It's B. Charlton Athletic. It is. It is indeed. No Torquay United in the hat for the first no, round, but Woking so. made it. Oh, well Beat Hempstead at home last night yeah, at replay. Away to Ramsgate. That game's live on TalkSport 3. Yeah. Uh, Paul. Making it uh, the channel just to put it on it. Yeah, ab- yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Paul, here's uh, your second question. You need this uh-huh. uh, really to, to pool level. Here we go. England suffered a crushing defeat by Afghanistan at the ODI Cricket World Cup last Sunday. 
It's only Afghanistan's second ever World Cup match win. Who did they beat in a narrow one-wicket victory in 2015? A. Scotland. B. Ireland. Or C. Bangladesh. I think it was Ireland. Oh, was it, it Scotland? It was actually Scotland. Oh. Uh, Afghanistan's first ever win against England in a phenomenal night for the team. Did and, you know uh, that, Andy? No. I knew it was one or the other. I knew it was a domestic one. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. So okay. here we go then. A winning, win a winning position for Andy. Uh, third and final question. Here we go. Millionaire racehorse owner John Singleton is desperate to see his horse, Hawaii Five-0, win the £10.3 million Everest in Australia on Saturday. So much so that Singleton has promised to buy a lager for every single punter at the Randwick Racecourse. Assuming it happens, how many beers would he be buying? A. 20,000 B. 30,000 Or C. 40,000 Racing. Mm. How many people would go to that? I'm, I'll go for the middle. I don't have no idea. 30,000. It was actually 40,000, an really? estimated bar bill of £155,000. Uh, never mind 40,000 beers. You're lucky to get 43 beers round here. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. Uh, Paul, an opportunity to level up. Uh, uh -huh. Here we go, third and final question. England narrowly beat Fiji by six points last Sunday to set up a Rugby World Cup semi-final appearance. Who scored the first try for the Red Roses? A. Joe Marchant B. Manu Tuilagi Or C. Owen Farrell Tuilagi got the first one, mm, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was indeed. In the end, Farrell's boot made the difference. Two kicks, six points and a place in the semi-finals. I've had a shocker. I'm at 40th birthday Saturday night oh. and they're not rugby fans. Oh, well. So I'll have to get it on the screen. Go. Or on the radio. Sicky. I'll have to go and hide in the toilet and listen to Russell Hargreaves updates, won't I? Yeah. Uh, so it's a draw <laughs> so on this like occasion. A well, great hardship for goodness <laughs> sake. No, not at all. Not no. how it was intended, promise. No. <laughs> uh, it's a draw, I think. Uh, so both of you uh, yeah. have fine display of knowledge of the latest yeah. weird and wonderful sporting facts. So Paddy's going to give you both a £10 free bet. Mm. Oh, lovely. Free bet. What are you going to go for? I'm going to go for <clears throat> Darwin Nunes to continue where he left off a Uruguayan score against Everton at the weekend at Anfield in our tele on our um, radio game at uh, 12.30. Yeah, I, I'm going for it. It's a bit of a mad bet, this, but I think Chelsea can get something out of the game against Arsenal. I don't know why, because there's nothing to suggest they will. I think they'll get a draw. Well, we'll see how you get on and reveal the winner next week. Thank you very much, Fletch. Scorched earth as always. Um, that always. was This always. was uh, the Paddy's challenge as always. And uh, thanks to our friends at Paddy Power, 18plusbegamblerware.org. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. And uh, we'll reconvene tomorrow. Uh, Charlie Baker's alongside me. Andy will be up for the birthday spread, though. Again, the quality of the material this week, Andy. <laughs> Yes, not bad. I'm a bit worried about next week. I was having looked forward to next week's names. Yeah, and I not much there. Pfft, it must have been a bad year last, bad week last year. Okay, well, <laughs> but we'll tomorrow find I'm it I'm reasonably confident. confident. Good. Yeah. Okay, we well, can join us for that. We've got Ramesh Ranganathan joining us. We've got uh, Ross Noble joining us. A lot of funny people coming on Murray. tomorrow. Al Murray as well. Blimey, <laughs> yeah. that's all happening. He's doing it honestly, Ruben. He's doing it deliberately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Andy's days. We make Andy work for his guests. Anyway, that's all to come. <laughs> Do hope you can join us, if not the podcast available You've around been four. Listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four PM on Talksport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.